Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome, everybody, to the Water Cooler. Thanks for being here. I'm David Brody. It's Thursday, May 20th, 2021. And we have a rhino alert, folks. That's right. The rhinos out in force. 35 of them, by the way, to be exact. They are the House Republicans who voted with Democrats to form a commission to investigate what happened on January 6th. Now, look, most Republicans, as a matter of fact, there they go. The rhinos clearly here on the water cooler today. Did I see Romney in there? Was Cheney? Where's Liz Cheney? Anyhow. Most Republicans understood that this thing was a political setup from the very beginning, and they voted against it. But it now goes to the Senate, where it is very unlikely to get the 60 votes it needs to pass. So that's that. Also today, Nancy Pelosi has a message to, the, to those unvaccinated House members. I think she's talking like segregation. That's right. I said it. How long will she keep this mask mandate going on the House floor despite the CDC saying it no longer is needed? None of this makes any sense to me. And later, Benjamin Netanyahu's conversation with Joe Biden. Will there be a ceasefire with Hamas? Netanyahu seems intent on finishing the war that Hamas started in the first place. But first, we want to take a closer look at the growing peaceful resistance by some Republicans to Nancy Pelosi's mask mandate in the House. Look, it's like she's now both speaker and mask mall cop. Without the scooter, by the way, uh, Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene and others are going onto the House floor without a mask. They call it a free the face campaign. Got to love that. Well, then came a letter to MTG from Pelosi saying, look, we're fining you 500 bucks for the mask violation, plus $2,500 every time from here on out. Well, in typical MTG form, here's what she thought of the letter. You have to wait for them to be that. You can't discriminate against people simply because they won't wear a mask. And today, I refuse to wear a mask on the House floor. And I received a warning from Speaker Pelosi that leads to fines if I continue to refuse to wear a mask. Well, here's what I think of your warning, Speaker Pelosi. Uh, there she goes, Nancy Pelosi into the shredder. MTV with the shredding of the letter. Nothing compared, by the way, to what Fauci, uh, Fauci, Fauci, listen to me, Fauci, Pelosi, and liberal politicians have been using COVID to shred the U.S. Constitution. I want to bring in the one-of-a-kind Congresswoman right now, Marjorie Taylor Greene, back with us on the water cooler. Congresswoman, I got to tell you, you have some very impressive shredding skills. Let me just say that right now. Thank you. I appreciate it, David. And <laughs> I, I love that rhino alert. That was, that was fantastic. Well, what do you make? Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about Nancy Pelosi. She's dug in on the mask mandate. Uh, she has criticized the unvaccinated members of Congress. Uh, wh what do you make of uh, what's happening? How long is this going to go on for, do you think? 
Oh, it'll carry on as long as she can get away with it. You know, Nancy Pelosi, I named her from day one, the queen of the house of hypocrites. And that's exactly what she is. You know, there's a video just out now of her enjoying herself mask free at the White House because now President Biden at the White House has flip flopped because he flip flops all over the place and doesn't know what's going on. But Nancy Pelosi is enjoying herself mask free at the White House while she's running a tyrannical, oppressive workplace here at the House of Representatives forcing us to wear masks against, uh, you know, abusing our our individual freedoms, uh, demanding that members of Congress get the COVID vaccine, which is still not approved by the FDA, by the way. And um, and you can't even demand to know people's um, private medical records. So our vaccine history is none of her business. As a matter of fact, it's a violation of our HIPAA rights for her to demand to know. Um, but this is classic form and fashion of Nancy Pelosi because she doesn't believe in a government for the people. She believes in a tyrannical socialist or maybe even communist government. And Congresswoman, I've got to play you this. is about 20 seconds or so. This is Nancy Pelosi today literally talking about this idea of segregating, segregation, like literally putting unvaccinated House members in a different area. Have a look at this. You have to wait for them to be vaccinated because they are selfishly a danger to other people, including staff people here. Uh, so uh, while we're all hopeful, and I, I join the president in being hopeful, uh, that we can reach a place where it is safe for people to be. What is this, the honor system? The honor system as to whether somebody has been vaccinated? Do you want them breathing in your face on the strength of their honor? This is out of control, Congresswoman. This woman is mentally ill. You know, we can look back in a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second class citizens, so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. And this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. Well, let's talk about the queen of the House of Hypocrites. On day one here in in the House of Hypocrites, when we were sworn in, Nancy Pelosi flew in COVID positive members of Congress. And then she built a little box up in the chamber up there on the second floor where she put these positive COVID members, by the way, it wasn't a closed, completely closed uh, space that there was open air throughout the rest of the room. Well, she brought in positive COVID members and exposed everyone in the entire building and they traveled across the country spreading COVID. So this is a woman that doesn't care about people's safety. This is a woman that is hyper-focused on her own power and control. Congresswoman, I've got to ask you about the January 6th commission vote. 35 Republicans, the rhino alert, they voted to support it. What is your message to them? What does this tell you exactly that 35 Republicans would do this? Well, this January 6th commission is nothing but witch hunt 2.0. After we saw the Russian collusion conspiracy theory, nonstop witch hunt and investigation led by Robert Mueller, we know exactly what the media will do. The media is going to run that and they're going to run everything that comes out of this January 6th commission. They're going to pick and choose whatever they want to report. And then they're going to report it 24-7 
to the to the point where we're all sick of it. And that will be to cover up all the horrible things that the Biden administration, the Democrats are doing to this country. That is what's about to take place. And that's what the 35 Republicans that voted for the January 6th commission played right along into the Democrats playbook and are going to allow it to happen. No, I think you're 100 percent right. Uh, it's, it's been politics. It's got politics written all over it. Uh, I want to ask you real quick this. Uh, and this was a week or two back, whatever it was, that whole confrontation uh, with AOC, you know, Democrats and the media, you know, they make it sound like you were like angrily, loudly, like stalking her. And you know the Democrats and media can't stand you. Some even saying that you're not well. Uh, <laughs> speaking of AOC, uh, what, do you, what do you think, uh, what do you make of what they're saying? Well, I think AOC is not well, or she's completely disconnected from reality. I don't know which one it is. This is a woman that wants to pass policy and, and make into law that will tear the freest country in the world down and turn it into a socialist nation uh, and into a form that we can never come back from. Also, we can confess our climate sins and become slaves to China in the form of battery-operated vehicles and green energy. This, you know, she's definitely unwell or disconnected from reality or playing out maybe just not that intelligent in order to produce policy like that. But the biggest problem she has is she doesn't understand that members of Congress, that we're here to debate policy. And she had agreed to debate me on the House floor on C-SPAN. And I asked, I asked her if she was ready to set it up. And then she turned around and changed her mind and had to run away because she knows that she can't defend the Green New Deal because the Green New Deal is nothing but socialism. And so the press, of course, had to run away with that. I definitely called her out in front of the press for uh, supporting terrorist Hamas who are, are firing over, over, I don't know how many thousand rockets into Israel trying to kill Israeli citizens. And uh, she's defending and protecting Hamas at the same way that she's defending and protecting Antifa and BLM um, domestic terrorists here at home. So this is what the press does. You know, AOC is their little darling because many members of the press, unfortunately, are nothing but Democrat activists yeah. all the way to card and Antifa members. So they I attack me. I have less than a minute left, but you, speaking of AOC and these squad members like Yilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, uh, they're doing all of these anti-Semitic comments and, and silence from Pelosi, silence from Biden. I mean, what should be happening to them exactly on all of this? Oh, listen, today they, the, the jihad squad that you have pictured there uh, held Nancy Pelosi hostage and, and prolonged our vote today uh, because they're demanding, they were they were demanding uh, that, that no funding go to Israel for the Iron Dome. You see, they don't want Israel to be able to protect themselves because the Jihad Squad supports terrorist Hamas the same way this, they support Iran. And Iran gives an, an average of $30 million a month to the terrorist organization, organization Hamas. Right. And then we have the Biden administration wanting to re-enter the, the Iran deal, we've got problems because we have members of Congress who are supporting our enemies, and we have members of Congress yeah. who are supporting enemies right here in the United States. Congresswoman, always great to see you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you're, you're bold. That's why people love you. Appreciate you. Thank you, David. All right. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, look, you know exactly where she stands, and isn't that refreshing? Even if you don't like her, isn't that great? that you actually know where she stands. Oh, that reminds me of Donald Trump. You knew where he stood. Madison Cawthorn, when we come back.
The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, big story, i tell you what, the Gang of 35, I don't know, call them the Rhino 35? I don't know what you want to call them, but the... Uh, uh, that's what indeed they did regarding this uh, January 6th commission. So the House Freedom Caucus opposed this uh, 9-11 style January 6th commission resolution, but thir- 35 Republicans supported it. Let's get more now uh, with uh, Congressman Madison Cawthorn from North Carolina joining us back on the water cooler. Congressman, great to have you on the show as always. Great to be back on, David. And I will tell you the Rhino 35 is a good name for these uh, you know, they're voting just to virtue signal about January 6th when you know, I probably would have voted for a commission to look into all political violence. Because I tell you, if we had a commission that looked into what happened on January 6th versus what happened all of 2020 throughout the summer, leaving six officers dead, billions of dollars in damage in all of our cities, people scared to go to work. My, one of the cities in my state completely gutted, Charlotte. Uh, I would be happy if we could look at all political violence, but they want to narrow it down into one single day to fit their narrative. What message do you think these 35 Republicans were trying to send, or put it this way, what what message do you think that this means, the 35 Republicans? That, that's a pretty high number. Uh, I just wonder about that. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure it's basically a written statement that they delivered to every single uh, of their colleagues in the Republican Party that they're cowards and they should be out of the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. That pretty much makes sense. Uh, look, so do you believe this was botched at all by, let's be honest, by, by Kevin McCarthy? I mean, look, uh, he put a member in charge of formulating this thing that voted for impeaching Trump from the get-go. This thing seemed a bit boggled or bundled from the beginning. Well, you know what? I just met with Kevin McCarthy about an hour ago, and he came out very hard against the person who was uh, really just, you know, did indeed vote for, to impeach Donald Trump. Uh, I think that he probably had expectations that it was going to go much differently than it did. Uh, but, you know, the person who really tried to put this all together, the person who could not get Nancy Pelosi uh, to open the spectrum of this commission to look at all political violence, you know, it's, a, it's an ultimate failure. Um, but I will say, uh, Kevin McCarthy has come out very hard, and there, there are some punishments being doled out within our party right now. No, for sure. Hey, on these House mask mandates we've been hearing about, Nancy Pelosi still insisting uh, on all of these, which, by the way, she's apparently going against the CDC. But anyhow, how far are you and some of your colleagues willing to take this? I mean, the fines will start to pile up here. Well, you know what? I rolled onto the House floor just a moment ago to vote without my mask on. Um, you know, Nancy Pelosi has attacked several of my members, threatening to find or finding them. Uh, I have noticed the ones that, that she has excluded attack attack are people like myself, Marjorie Green, uh, and a few others who are really, Lauren Boebert, I believe, who are really good at messaging this because I believe that if she does not want to give us a platform to be able to attack her anti-science, anti-common sense rulings on the House floor. Uh, I believe it's just another way to divide us. She wants to create division inside of this house at all times uh, because she thinks she can profit off that kind of division. Yeah, and you're gonna, you guys are going to keep it up. You're not going to back down. I, I don't. I can't imagine you guys are going to back down on this. 
We have no plan to back down. People, my my district in Western North Carolina and my fellow co colleagues that sent us up here, they sent us up here to fight. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, David, this is something that will be music to your ears, I'm sure. But the days of Republicans just sitting back and taking on the chin are long gone. Our party has forever changed. We're a party of fighters. We're a party who's going to absolutely defend the Constitution, our freedoms, and what we believe every single day, no matter the cost. I, I've got to change subjects and ask you about these anti-Semitic comments coming from Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib. I mean, what should happen uh, to them? I mean, where is the censure? Where, where, is, where is any sort of action by Democrats on some of this anti-Semitic language coming from them? Well, David, you know, we actually just passed a bill recently that was, I, I, again, I didn't vote for this, but I think it was a bill that was, a, well, that was saying basically we're against COVID-19 hate crimes. Let me repeat that one more time, David. COVID-19 <laughs> hate crimes. I don't know what the hell that means, but well, apparently we're more interested in COVID-19 hate crimes than we are about actual anti-Semitic comments coming from members of this body while the only state of Jews in the entire world in Israel is being bombed by terrorist dogs. It's disgusting. Yeah, for sure. And then, then they won't even, they have this, they want to basically uh, not have arms go to Israel in the middle of a war like this. It's just, it's insane. You're so right. And David, make no mistake. So the, uh, the defensive missiles that Israel is using in their Iron Dome cost 40000 apiece. And if you take that into account when you realize that Hamas has sent over 4,000 rockets into Israel over the past couple weeks, you'll realize the incredible amount of cost that the Israelis are having to take on right now. And so if, the, if America decides to not back them now, then we will abandon our most, our, our most trusted ally in their greatest time of need, and we should be forever ashamed of that. I want to switch gears to this veterans bill. Uh, it's a big accomplishment uh, that you have done up there on Capitol Hill. Tell us a little bit about the, the bill that, that you, you pushed through up there. Well, first, you know, I've got to give credit to my team. Uh, they've been breaking their backs for this. I've been working very, very hard for this because I wanted to show people in my party that you can come up here, you can fight as hard as possible, you can stand up for your values, you can never back down, and you can still get things done. Uh, so what this bill does is it opens up the GI Bill to not only allow veterans who are acclimating to civilian life to be able to use that GI Bill to go get a four-year degree in Egyptology, but also that they can use this now to get a stipend to pay for their family and for their own expenses uh, while they're actually going to learn a trade skill, whether it's pipe fitting, whether it's becoming a welder, whatever it is. Because I genuinely believe that the tradesmen and the craftsmen in our country are what propel our economy forward not the people who have a four-year degree in Egyptology. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Hey, before we let you go, I want to give you a chance to clear up uh, this Axios report. You know, the mainstream media loves to piggyback on, on this, and your name came up the other day. They look to slam you uh, over the fact that basically as a freshman you had this voting record that uh, had the largest percentage of missed votes. Well, what do, you, what do you say to that report that's out there? Uh, to that, I really laugh. It just shows how exactly the Democrats feel about the nuclear family in America right now. Uh, I will tell you, I was doing the only thing that I find more important than my service here in Congress, and that was my service as a husband. I just got married about seven weeks ago, and so my wife and I, we went on our honeymoon, but during that time, uh, I missed uh, 15 votes in one week just because that's, that's when they had the votes pile up. Uh, and, and I will tell you, you know, every single vote, vote that came up, it was some Democrat garbage. So I was happy to be able to not have to actually vote on those because our, they're eliminating our voices. They're not allowing us to be able to debate on the House floor. 
And I'll tell you, if I have to choose between voting with Nancy Pelosi or spending time with my beautiful wife, I'll choose Christine every time. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that would agree with you in your district. All right, <laughs> Congressman Madison Cawthorn, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day. All right, you too. All right, there he goes. He went to the House without a mask, by the way. And uh, you know what? Take that, Nancy Pelosi. I got your mask right here. Oh, sorry, I went to New York. My bad. Uh, coming uh, next, Eric Stackelbeck uh, will be here to talk about Israel and the Middle East. Back in a moment. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Time to uh, turn to Israel and a Shakespearean question. To be or not to be? That is the question when it comes to a potential ceasefire over there. Israel, Hamas continuing uh, with airstrikes as a true ceasefire fire remains uncertain, getting mixed wording here. I shouldn't say wording, but uh, we're not quite sure exactly whether or not it's, it's gonna, there's going to be an agreement and even if it'll hold. But uh, let's get more on all of that with uh, Eric Stackelbeck, my good friend and host of The Watchmen on TBN. Eric, good to see you again, sir. David, great to be back with you. Well, look, you've been covering this. My gosh, I feel like since uh, Genesis, if you will. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Give, give us the, the lay of the land as to, to what's happening over there. If you think there's going to be a ceasefire and what that means potentially. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the, the second part first, I guess, David, with a ceasefire. Um, talks are definitely ongoing. Now we have Egyptian mediators and the U.N. envoy to the Middle East are apparently working feverishly. Uh, to try and broker a ceasefire. President Biden yesterday uh, called on Israel to, quote, de-escalate the situation. He wants to see this wrap up and he wants to see a ceasefire. Now, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said, not so fast. We still have some things we want to accomplish in weakening Hamas and more importantly, David, deterring Hamas from firing rockets at any point in the near future into Israel. Now, I've been speaking to Israeli Defense Forces officials, and they say we have set Hamas back significantly. David, they have made a major dent in the Hamas military and terror infrastructure. Not only that, this vast underground tunnel network, the IDF calls it a city beneath a city, where Hamas had used it quite effectively to move fighters and weapons through. Israel has basically decimated this underground tunnel network, which stretched dozens and dozens of miles beneath Gaza. So that is a major victory for Israel in this conflict. Also, several senior Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad commanders have been eliminated by the Israel Defense Forces. And David, reports coming out of the Middle East seem to indicate that Hamas is surprised by the level of ferocity that Israel has hit them back with. Remember, Hamas kicked this all off on May 10th by launching seven rockets at the Israeli capital, Jerusalem. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, Hamas start. I hate to go kindergarten on this, but Hamas started it, but Israel will finish it. There's no doubt about that. Um, hey, but let me ask you, Eric, on Biden. I mean, he's kind of been all over the place. I mean, he's, he, he technically is, you know, coming out and supporting Israel. He's getting a hit from the progressives on that, from the Ilan Omars and the anti-Semitic squad and all of them. Uh, and, and at the same time, you just you wonder exactly where his head's at on this uh, because he's trying to seem like placate lots of different factions. Yeah, you know, he has been all over the map and he now is calling for a ceasefire. Oddly enough, after the squad, David, as you mentioned, started really applying pressure uh, to him. But I believe that President Biden sees what's going on in Israel as a distraction from his domestic agenda. Uh, so on one hand, I think he'd like to see Hamas weakened so they don't act up anymore during his four-year term. Uh, but on the other hand, he is getting that pressure from the left flank. Another thing to keep in mind here, David, the Iran nuclear deal. Now, even though Iran is pulling the strings behind this whole operation, they are the benefactor of Hamas. They're supplying the rockets and the motivation. Uh, but the Biden administration, instead of calling Iran on the carpet about that, is hell-bent and determined to make that Iran nuclear deal a reality once again. That's another factor here. Biden knows that a showdown is coming with Israel over his determination to re-enter the Iran nuclear deal. So perhaps he's saying, okay, I won't pick a fight right now. I'll let Israel largely do what it wants to do vis-a-vis -vis Hamas, because we know we're going to butt heads with Israel uh, in the future. But yeah. again, David, no forceful condemnation from Biden against Hamas and Islamic Jihad. He should be unequivocally forcefully condemning them and by extension their Iranian master. Oh, 100 percent. He's playing the moral equivalency game. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And also the, the spigot of money funneling back into the Palestinians since he's taken over. A big deal here, Eric. A major deal. President Trump, obviously, David, cut that funding due to the funding of terror by the Palestinian Authority. I'm not talking Hamas. I'm talking Mahmoud Abbas, Israel's supposed partner for peace. He was paying salaries to terrorists who were killing Israeli men, women, and children. Yeah, no, that's insane. Hey, listen, uh, real quick, help us, uh, tell us a little bit about your mission over there at the Watchmen, because it really has that biblical prism that is so very important uh, for perspective, especially to understand the roots. And talking about the roots, we're talking, you know, 6,000 plus years ago. I mean, this thing goes back to uh, Jacob and Esau. <laughs> it really does. And you know that well, David, we're coming out from two fronts on the Watchmen. Number one, the Watchmen show on TBN, where we're really trying to expand our news programming at TBN, the world's largest Christian television network. Secondly, the Watchman newscast. You can catch it on YouTube. Just go to watchmantv.com. Daily updates. And what we really try to do, David, is bring an unfiltered, non-PC, and from a biblical perspective, the truth about what's happening in the world's most chaotic and most pivotal region and how it affects all of us, no matter where we live. What happens in the Middle East does not stay in the Middle East. And we try to make sense of it all in this crazy, chaotic region in these times we are living today. You know, I got to tell you, it's a dangerous spiritual game people are playing if you're going to come against Israel from a Genesis perspective about bless those that bless Israel will be blessed. Those who curse will be cursed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Genesis 12, 3, that is a mandate. As a Christian, I see that as a mandate from God above. Yeah, so, so yeah, well, tell, tell us real quick uh, where people can see all of this. You said you, you got YouTube, TBN. Yes. Take us through all of this. Absolutely. TBN, we're doing The Watchman Show and a bunch of expanded news programming on TBN. Uh, it, it's available every cable provider in the country. You can check it out, the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Also, YouTube 
It's WatchmanTV.com. I'm bringing you these updates every single day, Monday through Friday, on everything happening in the Middle East. And again, most importantly, how it affects you. You think it's thousands of miles away. You don't need to worry about it. Trust me, folks, it affects all of us, and it will more and more in the days to come. And I got 20 seconds or so, but you're going to go back to Israel here, right? Because you, you, you're you in Israel all yes. the time, but COVID made, made it different, obviously. It did. I haven't been back in a year and a half. Sadly, Jerusalem is my second home. I'm getting back in two weeks. I'd love to come back and discuss what I see over there, David, probably in the aftermath of this major war between Israel and Hamas. That sounds good. We'll break bread on television, if you will. Thank, <laughs> thank you, sir. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Eric, David. See you soon. Eric Stackelbeck, host of The Watchman on uh, TBN, and a good friend. Known him for a very long time. Uh, we work together at the Christian Broadcasting Network. Great stuff. All right, when we come back, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, Oi Gavolt, that's all I've got to say. Anyhow, we're going to talk about this thing called gray divorce. Have you heard about it? Look, I mean, I'm hip, I'm trendy. I can help you out if you want. Anyhow, I'm going to tell you about that. Bill and Melinda uh, no longer sitting in a tree. Back in a moment. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. A bit of a cultural segment, if you will, right now. You know, Bill and Melinda Gates uh, are getting divorced. Uh, increasing number of older Americans uh, are, are divorcing. Uh, we've actually seen divorce, divorce rates uh, plummet among younger people. Seem to be rising, though, among older adults. It's called gray divorce. It's basically this phenomena of older couples. I say phenomena. I don't even know if it should be called a phenomena, but it's older couples who have been married a long time and then they're calling it quits. Gray divorce. Let's get more on this from uh, Kimberly Holmes joins us. She's the CEO of MarriageHelper.com. Kimberly, great to have you on the water cooler. Thank you so much for having me here, David. Well, why don't you, why don't you take it from this uh, term, this gray divorce term, and it seems to be, I, I'm not sure how much it's applicable in the Bill and Melinda Gates situation. I mean, technically it would be, though my guess is there might be some other issues there, especially when you're a billionaire, but that's a whole other thing. In 2017, there was actually a study done that really looked into this gray divorce. We are seeing that the rates are increasing more for people who are over the age of 50 divorcing at higher rates. But it's interesting as to the reason why. When you really start looking into it, it's because back before the 1960s, we were in what psychologists call a commitment-based era of marriages. After the 1960s, when people started to get married, they entered into what is called expressive individualism, which basically means that what they looked to in terms of whether the relationship was successful was whether or not they personally were happy or not. So we moved from a society that said, we're going to do what's best for the relationship and divorce is a last option to a society that's saying, Marriage is only good as long as I'm happy, and therefore divorce is a completely acceptable option as long as I'm no longer happy. Well, and so that, that's what we're beginning to see. Well, that's very interesting. So you mentioned the 60s. makes makes me think of baby boomers. So this is a generational situation here. This does seem to be the first generation that we're seeing this in really spiked numbers with. Now, what's interesting is even the reasons that these couples give for divorcing 
as this gray divorce is number one, they feel like they are growing apart. Number two, the second most common reason is because of physical infidelities. And number three is because of communication issues. And what's amazing is that all of those things can be overcome. Marriages and couples can overcome those things and have a stronger marriage than ever before. But instead of people trying to work on the marriage now, they're just throwing it away. And that has detrimental effects to individuals, families, and society. Well, you know, not not that I'm going to play Dr. Phil here or anything, but it does seem like, you know, we we live in a society that by the decade, decade and decade has gone by, and we've been become more selfish uh, as a country, as a people. Uh, even like, for example, drive-throughs, we want things quick, you know, give it to me right now, uh, an immediacy. It just seems like the staying power uh, is not there with marriages as well, uh, and that might be part of the problem too. It is. It's a large part of the problem. And also you mentioned before we're seeing that you said that we're seeing divorce rates decrease for younger people, for the younger generation. And while that is true on paper, a lot of the reasons as to why that is, is because number one, eight states no longer report their divorce rates, including California. And number two, we are seeing younger people get married at lower rates than ever before. And so there seems to be this negative belief about marriage because they see their parents, this younger generation has seen their parents divorce. They've seen the hurt. They haven't seen a commitment-based relationship modeled for them, and so they don't know how to do it. But you can get it. You can have that kind of relationship. Yeah, I'm wondering how, what's the success rate, I mean, of couples in that gray divorce area, and rather than going the gray divorce route, if they stick it out, they try and work on their marriage, uh, what, what are we looking at from a success standpoint? With the couples that we work with at Marriage Helper, over 70% success rate of the couples who wow. are headed for divorce and end up sticking it out and are still together seven years later and happier than they ever were before. That's really interesting, too. What about the financial impact of all of this? I mean, I, I think there's a financial aspect to all of this as well. There's a huge financial impact. Divorce is costly. The average divorce nowadays is $25,000 and more. And when you look at divorce and how much it costs, even at older age, it's interesting because not only do you have more assets that you have to split, but there's less buying power, less, less power that you have in salary increase in the future because you're typically retired and not working. And so now you have that to consider when it comes to alimony and splitting up and who gets the forever home that you've raised your family in and it becomes more difficult to divorce because there's so much emotion tied into those finances plus it's expensive yeah for sure by the way uh, from the, what's the media's role in all of this how concerned are you about like this this we always hear about the liberal media and you know we always think about it from a news perspective but there's also beyond beyond the news aspect of it if they're liberal in news they're probably going to be liberal when it comes to more uh, of societal issues. I'm wondering if they're playing into a stereotype that gray divorce isn't so bad, you know, kind of do your thing, if you will. Yes, I believe that media is having a large negative impact because there are so many places and and certain news media and headlines you see that say divorce, we're divorcing, divorce is okay, divorce is an option. And therefore people are considering it more than ever because they're looking up to certain people like the Gateses and saying, well, if they feel like they're growing apart and they seem to have their life all together, then maybe we don't have it together either. Maybe we should consider divorce. Mm -hmm. There's no one talking about save your marriage and do what you can to keep it together 
And that is what we need to hear more of in the media. Well, tell us a little bit about how MarriageHelper.com can help uh, uh, folks out there. Why don't you give us, a, you know, the, the pitch, if you will, as to why it's important to, to kind of look to where you are and what you're doing in this very important area. We believe that every marriage can be saved. And what we do is we teach people the tools and principles they need of how to do that. And then, of course, from there, it's their choice as to what they do and what happens with the relationship. But we guide people on what to do. We have courses, we have coaching, we have workshops, and our workshop has over a 70% success rate at saving marriages, which people can find more at at marriagehelper.com. We would love to help anyone who is considering divorce or is even just unhappy in their marriage now or wants to make their marriage even better so that they never divorce. Kimberly Holmes, great advice. The CEO of MarriageHelper.com. Thanks for being here. Really great information. Uh, appreciate you. Thank you, David. I loved being here. All right. Uh, Kimberly Holmes, uh, really good stuff. Uh, let me go on the record and say, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not part of the great divorce uh, of, of family, if you will, though the gray part uh, might be true. Uh, my wife and I now married, uh, let's see, in June. Oh, I better do this quick. I better do it quick. 33 years in uh, June. So uh, thank you very much. You can send donations. No, don't send donations. Uh, that would not be. Madison, that is not ethical. That's not ethical. I can't ask for money on the air. Though, if you'd like to send some nice Tupperware uh, or something, you know what? Let's start a gift registry. Can we, we can do that. Can we not? Anyhow, 33 years. Still going strong, though. <laughs> Peaks and valleys? It's marriage, folks. Hello. MarriageHelper.com. Back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Time for how to look for it. Oh, I found it. The last sip. Rhino alert. Rhino alert on aisle five here at the water cooler. And here the rhinos come. Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, Ben Sass. Now, hey, 35 House Republicans voted with Democrats to say, sorry, we've got to investigate the president in January 6th. I know, Mr. President, uh, as in the former president, you don't want us to investigate you. And I know, Kevin McCarthy, you said no, and you whipped uh, the vote to say don't vote for this thing. But they did anyhow. 35 of them voted yes with the Democrats. And that's why we called it a rhino alert. Oh, did you not know what rhino is? Republican in name only. Uh, one person who is not, and I repeat, not a rhino, all caps, 18, full, 18 font bold, is a Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, or as we like to call her, and as she calls herself on Instagram and all that type of stuff, MTG. Uh, she was with us earlier in the show. Uh, and, and here's a little video that I want to show you where Nancy Pelosi sent her a letter basically saying, Stop it. You've got to wear a mask on the House floor or you're going to be fined $2,500 from here on out. And well, here's what she did with that letter. You can't discriminate against people simply because they won't wear a mask. And today I refuse to wear a mask on the House floor. And I received a warning from Speaker Pelosi that leads to fines if I continue to refuse to wear a mask. Well, here's what I think of your warning, Speaker Pelosi. 
I like how she did this. Eh, there you go, Pelosi in the shredder. Uh, but look, uh, this this is what Republican politics is today. A lot of people want to get on Marjorie Taylor Greene's case for doing stunts like that. They'll call it stunts. It's not a stunt, folks. Mitt Romney practices, as Matt Schlapp said the other day on our air from the American Conservative Union, he said that uh, Mitt Romney practices genteel politics and the base doesn't want genteel politics. Well, guess what? That's why you end up with Nancy Pelosi in a shredder. That's what MTG just did right there. And Donald Trump, by the way, oh, did I miss the last four years before Biden? He was shredding the media and Democrats left and right, and that's why they couldn't stand him. They're going to say, oh, we, he was immoral, he was this. No, look, the reason was is because they're used to punching and no one punches back. The rhinos don't punch back. Trump, he punched back. MTG, she's punching. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Let's get the latest on news of the day over at the Justin News website with uh, the Justin News editor, the one and only Joe Weber. Joe, you're the one and only. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. What's going on? Well, I want to give you a quick victory lap on accurately predicting that far more than 10 uh, Republicans would vote for the commission. So, okay. Thank you. Wait, are you, ta- are you taking that victory lap or are we both taking that victory lap? We can go. We can cross the finish line together. Okay, good to know. All right. Yeah. So, do go ahead. You, are, are you guys working on more with that, or is there other stories you got going? Some other things real quickly. The House did pass a one point nine million dollar a trillion dollars. Well, Joe, you have locked up. Unfortunately. Uh, Hopefully we'll get you back. Don't take it the wrong way, but uh, Joe is going to talk more about the Just the News website. We've got lots going on over there, uh, by the way. One of the big stories, I assume he was going to talk about it, is the Wuhan lab story. John Solomon uh, has a big kind of expose, if you will, about this idea that the media, for the longest time, we know the deal, for like about a year or so, Uh, When it came to the Wuhan lab, that this virus started in the Wuhan lab and everybody was laughing at Steve Bannon. Remember, he started the whole thing at first and then uh, MSNBC and CNN, all those folks were like, oh, the crackpots on the right, the crackpots on the right. Uh, Anyhow, the bottom line is, is that, well, you know what, those crackpots on the right actually might not have been crackpots at all. And Joe Weber, I was just talking about that Wuhan story that John Solomon has on the front page of Just the News. Yeah, um, this is really kind of gaining steam at one point. It was just sort of this idea that it was being put forth by skeptics and conservatives. And now you're seeing many scientists and and mainstream newspapers, peer review um, publications suggesting that um, this idea that it came from uh, a wet market in Wuhan, just not holding water. And the Wuhan virology lab at times before has released some SARS um, accidentally. They're not really suggesting that it was done on purpose, but just how easily they can be done on purpose. And it's happened to the CDC. And it's just really sort of looking more and more like this really might be the case. Or they're at least saying this deserves a little more investigation. Now, you yeah. know, the WHO yeah. was there. They didn't get much. 
Uh, I don't know how we're going to come back. They said a lot of the records were not unattainable. Let's well, try. Yeah, we'll see. And that's going to be a lot more reporting on that for sure. Joe, I appreciate it. Got to run. One of those, you know, time is money. Look, I got to hit a hard break. You know how it is. Well, maybe you don't know how it is, but I know how it is. Every day we got to hit hard breaks. See you tomorrow, everybody.